Better Golf Pod Nation, welcome back to the show, and thank you for joining us for the second leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs. I'm your host, Spencer Aguiar. You can find me on Twitter at Tioff Sports. I'm joined by my partner, Nick Brettwish. You can get his work and thoughts over at Sticks Picks. And the two of us will be running you through this slate from all perspectives, trying to find some of our favorite values to consider for this week. As always, if you aren't doing so already, we hope you will consider signing up for Underdog Fantasy, where you can play and hold real money drafts against either friends or random opponents. Sign up today with the code BGP to get a 100% bonus match of up to $100. Take some of those funds and compete against Nick and I weekly in tournaments where we add to the prize pool and create the best ROI contest on the site. Don't miss out on the fun. Nick, I am excited for us to be able to do the show together today. Uh, we had Jay Delsing on last week. He called the Lucas Glover back-to-back hit. So uh, great call from Jay. Obviously, we've talked about this many times. I don't think anybody tells a story quite like Jay does, but uh, he's really killing it on the picks right now, too. Yeah, shout out to Jay. That was awesome. Um, Glover going back-to-back, 90-1. to one. Um, Actually, real quick, we are live on a underdog draft it just started we got one one overall we're going rory right we always get one one overall it's, it's like it's rigged for us or something we going rory real quick let's just dive in right to a draft it'll be a quick one this is the gpp on underdog this week um we're gonna take rory that's how many people are in the draft i can't see the board right now uh 10 people so we got actually tw- yeah, 10, 11, 11? Does that sound right that doesn't sound well. I mean, it doesn't sound right, but no, no, no. Six. There we go. Six people. All right, we're flying through this. But yeah, shout out to Jay. That was awesome. No one's a better storyteller in in golf, in my opinion, on the golf channel, on anything. Like the guy just tells such a good story. Um, excited to see Lucas do it again. But my God, he couldn't miss a putt. I was, you know, truthfully, I was rooting for Patrick Cantley, but you know. It is what it is. Shout out to Glover playing excellent golf. I'm excited to talk to you about your Glover fades this week. Um, not to be edgy or anything like that. You have a ton of data into why you're fading him. Um, but real quick, in the second round, who are we looking at here at pick 12? So 2.6. Yes, this is a six-man tournament. Homa right now is the highest ADP. Um, they, they didn't. This guy didn't take the highest ADP. So two picks away, Homa Fleetwood Hatton. I know we'll get one of those guys. Homa just went. So Fleetwood or Hatton, if you had to choose. I think you like Hatton a lot, don't you? I mean, we get back to back picks, right? Yeah. I mean, I would Fleetwood probably Hatton or yeah, I mean that would probably be what my model would say. I mean, I have Fleetwood top five. I have Hatton inside the top eight for me. I'm assuming where I can't really see the board. Those would be the two best players out there yeah, for me. Fleetwood. I mean, the only other thing is if we reach for Fino, but we've been hurt by him plenty. So we'll take Hatton and Fleetwood. Yeah, I mean, I guess as we're doing this, do you want to talk about some of your bets that you like this week and we can flash back to the draft when it when it comes back to us again? Yeah, last two weeks have actually been pretty solid for me. So last week I did talk about uh, Siwoo Kim being inside the top 30 as my highest exposure bet. That was one unit to win 1.1. And then uh, Andrew Putnam inside the top 30. I believe that should have been split. I thought there was 31 guys inside the top 30, um, but that paid out in full at plus 160. So I love that. 
I was all over Spieth in the outright market, and he just kind of fell apart on Sunday. I thought that was finally going to happen. I know you faded Spieth, um, but I'm excited about that. Uh, This is one of the heavier cards that I actually have. So, for example, last week I had 2.76 at risk. At the Wyndham, I had 2.53. This week at the BMW, 4.68. A lot of that's going to be because... I took Rory McIlroy at uh, seven and a half to one was the best price out there. I think he's pretty much seven flat right now. Um, Other than that, that obviously took up a ton of my card. I took Cam Young to win at 40 to one, Tony Finau to win at 45 to one. I'll let you talk about both the matchups that I tailed Cam Young top 10 plus 280. A little thing about Cam Young. I love where the ball striking is at. It's coming back to form. I, used a lot of distance in my model this week. I know the course is going to be a little softer. Um, should probably limit the rollout a little bit, but I want guys that just kind of bomb it, get a shorter iron in their hands on this tough course, on these small greens, uh, guys that can scramble a little bit. So I like everything I see out of Cam Young. Uh, Caddy Paltasori was on the bag for VJ Singh at the U.S. Open Championship in 2003. VJ finished inside the top 20. So going to go back to the Paltasori magic that we've uh, always tried to talk ourselves into. Yep. And Sahith Thigala top 20 at plus 190 and Harris English top 10 at six to one. And that should put us right back on the board. Oh, Fino sitting right there and Cam Young. Give us a back to back. I know you want Jason Day. So right now, best available are Fino, Cam Young, Tom Kim, Jason Day. There goes Fino. What are we doing? We double tapping Young and Jason Day. I know your numbers love Jason Day. From what I can see on the board here, I mean, that looks to be the two best values i mean tom kim is sitting there i would rather have day and young um keegan's a boomer bus play but I, I think we're stretching it too far there all right so seventh and strokes gained off the tee for cam young right here on underdog something that i valued very highly at olympia fields just about 40 minutes southeast of me um closer to indiana but i'm just west of the city here all right so tom kim jason day Harmon. we're going jay day aren't we I'm out on Harmon this week. I think there's a lot to like about Day. Obviously, the iron play has been really atrocious recently. I don't know why he made the iron change when he did, but uh, been very good at these medium to long par 70s. I like the weighted scoring for him. The par 4 scoring, the way that I weighted it from 400 to 450 to 500 yards was really intriguing. That put him top 5 in my model on all par 4s. I think this is actually a nice bounce back spot for him. There, there's a lot to like from him from a statistical perspective, and um, I mean, I guess we'll run through some of my head to heads that you talked about until we get back on the clock right now, but essentially for me this week, and you can cut me off when we do get back on the board. No, Nick, you're but- good. Yeah. I, well, real quick, no one's going to take him. So the two guys that I'm interested in late, uh, I would love Siwoo. He's not going to fall. And this is a GPP just for round one. So I think we need to go down the board to get a little bit different because Rory Fleetwood Hatton, Cam Young, Jason Day, they're going to go drafted in every single draft. I would rank... I want Thigala or I want to go to Harris English, who's dead last in ADP. I believe in Harris English, especially for one round. But on a course where people aren't going to make a lot of birdies, you know, that's what we're anticipating. That's what sports books are anticipating. Are you okay with Harris English if we just get weird for a guy that likely goes undrafted in a lot of these drafts? I think Harris English, my model currently has him right now as the second best value on the board with that 36 ADP that Hmm. he does have. So, um, look, he's boomer bust, Nick, obviously. I mean, this can go very GPP. south, but, but for one round, if we're shooting for upside, he's one of those players that could be at the top of the leaderboard after Thursday. So 
Uh, no, I don't have a problem with that whatsoever. Thagala is is another hit and miss player for me. I would say, you know, Denny McCarthy is at least somebody to con- to consider. Also, maybe the ball striking isn't exactly where we'd want to see it, but um, we're kind of picking and choosing spots here from a lot of names that I don't want much exposure to in general. So uh, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, I know. We, uh, we kind of like Hideyama. We talked about yeah, him I, a little yeah. bit on a different show. Um, I Other than that, like, I don't want Eric Cole. Svensson's going to be very popular. I mean, he, his ADP is up there pretty high. So right now we do have the choice. I mean, Sam Burns is sitting up there too, but I feel like that's more of like a cash build. Are you cool with Harris English? I'm cool with Harris English, but I mean, don't we reach a certain point where Burns is too much value to pass? Your call. Well, I mean, who 10 seconds we, live we, on the air. We can take Harris first and I guess make uh, a decision on the back end of this, but well, that's our team because it's just round, one round, six guys. Um, we let Burns walk. I think that's the way, dude. Burns ball striking is it's just whatever. I know that on a place where there's not going to be a lot of birdies, I guess that's maybe eradicated a little bit. But our team, real quick Rory McElroy, Tommy Fleetwood, Tyrrell Hatton, Cam Young. Jason Day, and then our risky pick of the week, Harris English over guys like Sam Burns, Sepp Straka. Other than that, I don't really think anybody else had had legs and that we were going to draft. So, all right, let's get into the week. Olympia Fields, what's on the card? And then give us what you think the course breakdown looks like. And then uh, we'll talk about these ADPs, talk about some salary cap DFS as well, and get on with our life. Yeah, so uh, there are matchups this week that I think are very interesting because there's a lot of players that I'm trying to take on, and Lucas Glover would be one of those options. I texted you this, Nick, last night of Jordan Spieth over him at minus 115. That number ran away from us. That's in like the minus 180 range now. So unfortunately, it's going to be a stale number. I do think you can find it in the 130, 140 range if you shop around. I'm still okay with that if you do get there, but... Really, this comes down to this being a fade against Lucas Glover above anything else. You know, maybe not in the outright market for this answer, but like if you've listened to our shows or you've listened to me on anything or you read any of my work, I have been an advocate of Glover during most of these contests. I had a head-to-head bet against him last week. My model liked him as a sleeper to win the contest. My big reason that I didn't back him at the FedEx St. Jude was because I didn't know if he could go back-to-back, but... Really, this just for me comes down to one of those situations where there's a price hike here and it's mixed with a really bad course fit. So Glover graded 43rd out of 50 players in projected strokes gain total for this week inside my model. Most of that answer, when you really get technical with it, stem from this decrease in my model off the tee. Um, I ran this in a way, and this will kind of get into the course breakdown when we talk about it. I'm looking for distance over accuracy, and I know you're the same way with that. You know, it's one thing for Glover in these tournaments where his driving accuracy play to his advantage. It's another when he loses his strength and grades 30th for projected uh, scoring here. Dead last for hard scoring courses. Dead last for fast plus firm conditions. I do think an argument can be made, and this would be the one thing that would bail some people out, in my opinion, that are running it this way. I actually think the soft conditions do help the accuracy golfers ever so slightly. With this, I know you're not going to get the rollout. I understand that, but um, you know it's harder to hit a fairway when you have a fast and firm surface because right. everybody's flying through the fairway. There, the ability to find fairways will be easier for some of these players. So that does help a lot of these players that I'm taking on. And 
you know, if this does go south, it goes south because of that reason, because accuracy ends up being more of a weight than, or more of an advantage, I guess, than I am weighing inside of my model. But really anybody against Glover that you can find in the space is something that I'm going to be looking to take on. I took Sungjae in minus 110 over Brian Harmon. Um, but as I said on links and locks, Nick, I'm pretty sure you hacked my model there. No, <laughs> no legitimate reason why Harmon would be a fade candidate for me after not being a fade candidate for two years, but really good spot for me where I like Sungjae safety. I don't love the metrics behind Harmon. He's been very bad on these medium to long par 70 venues, 49th in my model for that category, 47th in projected strokes gain total out of 50 players. Uh, that's a lot of negatives that I, when I took a deeper dive into his profile, I worry of what his upside actually is here. I know he was good here in 2020. He gained a lot of strokes putting. I don't know if this is necessarily the best course fit for him. And then uh, the other head to heads that I'll just mention very quickly. I, I took Decky over Lucas Glover in a round one matchup at minus 115. I took Hatton at minus 120 over Corey Connors in a round one matchup. Uh, the thing I loved about that second play is it got me exposure onto Hatton, a golfer that I did want to have exposure on this week, uh, versus a guy in Connors who's behind Glover, the number two biggest fade candidate that I have on my board. Don't necessarily believe in that sixth place finish from him last week. I thought the ball striking wasn't great. He got most of the strokes that he gained from the short game. That's not something that you would expect from the baseline output that you're getting from him. So I worry a little bit of the way that Connors is going to produce your 27 spot decrease in weighted strokes gain total this week i uh, obviously there's four plays there they're all to win a unit i wish i would have done more, some a little bit more but we're already up to four units i think this is going to probably turn into a week when it's all said and done that uh with all these in-tournament matchups that we will get up to eight to ten units here so a little bit more exposure than i would have anticipated taking on for a tournament that only has 50 players and no cut because this is not my bread and butter that i'm looking for like i want that miscut equity and Instead, now I have to take it on on like daily implosion potential that I see on some of these guys and <laughs> just general mispricing, which I think is the bigger key to that answer. Because uh, Glover, if you look at where he's been historically this season, he's not priced next to guys like Jordan Spieth, Cameron Young. I don't think that it's a fluke what he's doing, but I think this is a bad course fit for him. Corey Connors has taken a big jump in, in price. Um, I, I just think there's a lot of plays like that where I'm kind of picking and choosing these spots and hypothetically speaking, let's say both of those two plays win and we see those numbers come out on Friday again in a matchup, they're not going to be minus 115 and minus 120. I think they'd be more in like the 150 range. So um doesn't mean that the bet wins, obviously, but I did like the value that I had on all those matchups. Yeah, and in terms of the uh, the outright market too, um, the whole percentages across the board, um, kind of brand agnostic, seem to be down a little bit too. Better. And and we and we talked about that. I'm, I would never take a player sub ten to one, and somehow got there with Rory, found value with Rory on uh, the seven fifty. So obviously that took up a ton of my card. But other than that, I'm I am excited for this tournament. It's you know Chicagoland area. It's a course that uh, I've been to. I've never played it actually, but. I have a lot of friends going there for the Sunday round, so that'll be a lot of fun. Hopefully we see some of them on TV, but it's going to play hard. It's going to take a well-rounded golfer, and there's many ways to do it. Like you said, Harmon kind of put this place to death in 2020. Uh, a lot of guys got there with distance. Um, a lot of guys got there with scrambling approach. Like There's just many ways to do it. It's going to take a well-rounded golfer to do so, but let's get into the, uh, the ADPs real quick. At Underdog, we can maybe compare it to uh, – to see, or I guess to, to weekly salary cap DFS, right. but the top three right now are pretty much 
verbatim what most pricing is going to be in the industry. It's going to be Rory, Scotty, then Rom. I think I would take them in that order as much as I want to say, you know, Rom won here and, you know, we love the course history for one time at the event. I think he did play the, uh, Roberto mentioned it. He played the U.S. Amateur in 2018 when Bryson won. And I do believe he went pretty far. I think Roberto said the quarterfinals. So um, obviously Rom has, you know, liked to play on, on this venue for the couple times that he's played. But Rory is overall my 1-1. I will take him in every single draft that I can. But he's probably going 1-1, if not 1-2 at worst. I think him and Scotty will probably flip around a little bit. But I think he's by far the best player on the board. Um do you say anything different there? You want to go down to more of these value guys that people aren't going to, you know, people will have to take more thought into rostering. No, I would agree with you on your general assessment there. And and I would like to go back to the first point that you brought up of the ADP in the market is pretty much spot on with the betting board and spot on with salary cap. So uh, if we use specific sites out there for salary cap, one through 10 is in the exact order at one particular shop other than nine and 10 would be swapped between Fleetwood and, and Max Homer mm-hmm. there. So, okay. um, I mean, people are just kind of going straight off the salary cap board down the line, which look, I, obviously it's going to be hard to talk out of the Rory Scotty Rom range. I could have minor differences in some of those names between Cantley Hovland and Xander. I'm fine with whatever order anybody wants to do. Like, I do have a lean one way or another of players that I would like more than somebody else. Like for me, I would say that I prefer Hovland over Cantley and Xander. I know that's probably a controversial bit of a take there, but it's very small differences. It's not going to be to me. It's you're splitting hairs there. I I guess I would have more of the issues when we get into the eight one and the nine one, which would be the seventh and eighth players off the board. I think speed is going too early. He's boomer bust. I understand the intrigue for one round. I think if you're looking at this from an entire tournament perspective, it becomes worse than for one day, but I'm lower on speed. I'm lower on Morikawa. I would rather have the guys directly behind them. Like Max Homa, Tommy Fleetwood, Hatton, Fowler, Sungjae. I think then we have some problems once we get past that Sungjae range there, but um, I mean, do you have a different opinion than I do when it comes to home of Fleetwood Hatton Fowler over Spieth and Morikawa? Um, I mean, the only thing with Morikawa is just how good he is off the tee. Like you said, this is a guy that should throw absolute darts on the fairway if they're not going to run out. It does look like rain on Thursday, so and we've had a ton of rain all week, so it should be a little bit softer. But I love the way Max Home is playing. We kind of talked about him leading up to the, the Open Championship. I'm going to keep riding that train. I feel like his game's in a great spot. Fleetwood is playing just so damn well and just can't get that PGA tour victory. I think I'd take him over Morikawa. I think if I had to like where I'd cut it, I would take Morikawa over Hatton and Fowler. And that's tough for me to say, cause I usually am fading Morikawa. I guess the only concern would be the short game when he does miss a green and the putting on these undulated greens, like it's going to be tough to putt on these greens, no doubt. And I think they're rolling, you know, 12 and a half to a 13. So they're going to be fast. Um, but like, I'm definitely taking Morikawa before I'm taking Henley, Glover, Clark. That's a different, Finau. yeah. I yeah. mean, that's a different range there for me. Um, I could make an argument with Finau. I, I would still take Morikawa, but that's I'm down where... with Finau, man. And I told all my friends like bar me from him, but people aren't going to play him. In I mean, they're eventually going to draft him an underdog because it's just like you know similar to the option we had with Burns at the last pick of our draft that we did to start the show. 
Um, we kind of just faded them for the sake of fading them, but like people are going to take them because the value is there. But in salary cap format, I don't think people are going to play Tony Fee now, and I'm all about it. Let me ask you this before we move on to that Henley Glover range, because there's a lot there that I do want to discuss. But let's say from the top of Rory down to Sungjae, so that's 13 names there. Give me your three favorite, I guess, quote unquote values. Um, I mean, obviously, if you think Rory should be the one, a one, then so Sungjae and, and down. Uh, Sungjae and up or down, whichever way you Sun want. Sanjay up, the best values for me would be Max Homa going ninth overall. I kind of like Ricky Fowler, 12th overall. Um, he absolutely lit it up on Saturday and Sunday with the ball striking. You know the short game's there. I think it's a perfect course fit for a guy that's accurate off the tee as well. If the ball striking was what it was, you know, six weeks ago, he's going top five in this draft, I think, like before Hovland. So I, I would say Ricky, Max, and then Rory for me, no doubt, because I'm kind of just like indifferent with Rom. Cantley's awesome, so there's no like value there. Like, sure, I would take him. What he's doing off the tee as well, like he's starting to become a long hitter too. Uh, Hovland's just like whatever for me. I always question his short game. I know it's getting better, um, but not really. Like, you'd have to really sell me on. Like, I, I have no lean, I guess, on Hovland, Shoffley, Spieth, Morikawa. When I do with Max Homa, I do with Ricky Fowler, and I do with Rory McIlroy. What would be your worst value out of that range? Oh man, I want to say Spieth, but I feel like I I like when his game is trending in the right direction, and it was at the Open Championship, and then he comes out and I feel like he should have certainly had much better of a chance on Sunday. He kind of just didn't. He missed a two footer to start it on hole one for birdie. You know, uh, but I'd say Spieth or Morikawa. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the natural answer, and it doesn't even necessarily mean that I'm completely off of Spieth and Morikawa. It's just I'm off at their ADP more than anything. If you move them a little bit further down the board, we could have a different discussion. The, the one concern I have with Spieth, and obviously I just talked about him over Glover, my model going into Sunday, I don't have it exactly up in front of me, so I'm going to give you some general range here. I think it was 42nd overall is what my model projected him to be going into that final round. So that implosion wasn't necessarily a shock inside of my sheet. It was kind of every single day sensing that it was going to occur. And he kept surviving these really ridiculous rounds where he's chipping in from the bunker and he's losing five shots with the approach game, you know, maybe not quite that many, but uh, he really got away with a lot there. I, I think for a one day sort of situation, Speed has the potential to lead round one. So I understand that, but I mean, if we're trying to compare him with everybody else, I guess he would be the worst value. For me, the best three values would be Fleetwood. I think his 9.980p, uh, 10th man off the board. I think that's really intriguing for a golfer that I would consider taking in the top five here. Obviously, we don't have to worry about ownership with this answer. You're just taking who you think the best player is. So I think underdog's a nice spot to consider him. I would say Homa. I would say Hatton. And then if I was to branch it out a little bit further, Sungjae. And I do like Hovland. I think you have a little bit of value with him going off fifth on the board. Um, not necessarily a ton, but I think you can make an argument that he should be the third or fourth man off. I'm with it. Let's get to this mid-tier range, both in underdog and um, salary cap format. No one's going to play Jason Day. Um, Cam Young ownership looks light, and so does Tony Fino. So out of those three, who are your favorite? Jason Day. Now, I guess Wyndham Clark's right up there, too. And I don't think anybody's going to go back to him. Are you worried about Wyndham Clark? you think this is a good buyback spot? Or you think his game's kind of... I- 
No, I think this is a good buyback spot for Wyndham. I, I, I see a lot of U.S. Open sort of corollary clumps here. Um, I think his distance and around the green game plays really well. I mean, he he lost an, an absurd amount of strokes ball striking. I think it was over 11 shots, uh, give or take, with that answer. I don't have it up in front of me right now, but uh, last week. So uh, obviously there are some concerns, but I, I think this is a nice course fit for him to bounce back in in a potentially a, a nice way here. So um, I like Clark. I like Finau. I like Day. I like Cameron Young. I kind of think all those plays are probably, if we're talking about like maybe Justin Rose thrown into the mix, it's probably where this value yeah, would be for like me Justin in general Rose. on underdog. If we're talking here, like if I, if I very quickly, let's say, let's run this from just cause you left it off at day and we'll bring up all these players. I, I don't think it should take very long here. Uh, with only 50 players here, and we can give a very quick answer. But Russell Henley, ADP of 15. Lucas Glover, ADP of 15. Wyndham Clark, 17.4. Finau, 18. Hideki Matsuyama, 18.3. Connors, 20. Uh, ben on 20.5. That's the top 20 players that we've talked about so far. Rose, 21.6. Young, 22. Uh, a couple more here. Tom Kim, 22.7. Cam Davis, 23.7. Jason Day, 25.3. So we will cut it off in that range. I, I think for me, there are a couple names that are just way too aggressively being taken here. Uh, Russ Henley, Lucas Glover. I can't get myself to take them off the board as one of the top 15 picks. Like I, I would make the argument and it would go back to my head-to-head -head answer. Glover is probably the worst value on the board because of the course fit that we have here. So I'm looking for ways to fade him. Like, I mean, you'd have to... I would not draft Glover in any situation that I had because there would always be somebody on the board, even in the last round that my model would like more. Like even when we were sitting there, I'll take Sam Burns or Harris English over him. Like that's kind of where I'm at with Lucas Glover this week. I think Wyndham Clark makes sense. I think Tony Finau makes sense. I'm fine with Hideki. Connors, Ben on. I will be fading those two. Uh, that is for salary cap. And that is also for underdog. I don't think they should be fringe top 20 picks. I worry about what Connor's put together, as I said at the beginning of the show. Uh, Rose has a lot of metrics that I like this week. I, I think we saw something from him during the weekend. If he can continue that, he does have real potential to get hot during some of these days. One of the biggest upside climbers that I have in my model when I am shooting for just that pure, I guess, win equity sense of the word compared to where he's priced. So I, I think Rose makes a lot of sense for one day because if he's going to be boom or bust in the output that we're expecting, we're kind of trying to shoot for the moon here when we're playing on underdogs. So I like Rose, Cameron Young, ball striking the off the tee data plus the proximity numbers are going to look great. Uh, love Jason Day this week. That's going to be one of the best values that I have on the entire board. Uh, if I bring it up there, I think that, yeah, so he's second for me as the best value. Like technically the best value for me was Eric Cole. Uh, I would have taken Eric Cole if uh, over Harris English, if it came down to it at the end. But I'm also Ooh. a much bigger Harris, uh, um, an Eric Cole guy than you are, I would say. Yeah, no, Harris is just a feeling for me. I mean, he was he's a higher what, the, the number I mean, one iron player in the tournament last week. So I'm a sucker for like Harris English, like finding his form just because he is such a well-rounded golfer. And if we're comping the U.S. Open, he was T8 there. I mean, he was awesome at the API as well. So like these tough courses that do require some distance, he finds a way to score there. So I'm I'm. I'm going to trust this Harris English thing. I had him at plus 450 in my numbers for the top 10. So to get six to one there, that's kind of the reason why I took him. I'm just betting on pure upside. 
it is a guy that could finish dead last, but it's a guy I'm, you know, interested in for GPP tournaments at underdog or salary cap sites. Yeah. Would not be playing them in cash. Like nothing for safety, like a three man draft or anything, four man, six man on underdog. That's not a GPP. Like if it's just a, a, a six person tournament, that is it. Then I'm not taking Harris English at all. It's more of those larger field contests where I don't think anybody's going to be interested in them. I would agree with that. I, I, it's all upside that you're shooting for with him. Once we get to the safety part of the market, you have to have a lot of trepidation around him, but it works well for underdog here for, you know, individual round slates. So that's why I don't have a problem with English. I guess if all those names I just mentioned, and obviously there were a lot there. You don't need to spend a lot of time on any of these at like your two favorite values from that section. I mean, I guess Finau would be one and then your two least favorite um, overpriced commodities. Run that back one more time. I lost you there. So, uh, from Russell Henley to Jason Day. Okay. So, what is that? That's ten plus names there. Yeah. Um, most overpriced. Mo- the two most overpriced and the two uh, that are your favorite values. I'm gonna go Corey Connors overpriced. Lucas Glover overpriced. You mentioned him many times. Uh, underpriced. I like Justin Rose a ton, man. I'm gonna go Justin Rose. And I'm going to go Cam Young. Yeah, for the two most overpriced, I will. I mean, to me, the four most over would be Glover, Connors, and then a secondary answer of Ben On and Russell Henley. But it's going to be Connors and Glover for me. Uh, the two most underpriced, Jason Day. Um, I mean, I would consider Day as a top 15 sort of pick this week. I don't have a problem going to him there. We see that more a little bit more. So, I mean, at least he's going off in the top 20 when you look at salary cap and in the betting market. So I think technically you have some value there. Uh, I will also give, I mean, part of me wants to say Finau, but I actually like the Justin Rose call. I mean, you can get him. I think outside the top 20 is really intriguing for him for what we saw during the weekend. Yeah, no doubt. All right. So let's move this down. Um, from Brian Harmon, we'll, we'll cut this range down a little bit. We don't have, we can skip some of these names in here. I mean, some of them don't become as valuable to talk about, but let's say Brian Harmon, Keegan Bradley, Adam Shank, Siwoo Kim, Taylor Moore, Sam Burns, Matt Fitzpatrick. So that technically takes us from ADP 26.2 to ADP 31.8. That's going to be the 26 to 32nd player off the board uh, there. Anybody that you are completely out on? Anybody that you like? The guy I like the most that's somehow not getting drafted where his salary cap pricing is, Siwoo Kim. I like Siwoo Kim. I always like Siwoo Kim, for the record, but Siwoo Kim's my favorite player in that area. I think I have three um, that I would be trying to get exposure to in some way. I like Keegan Bradley. I I think he's a boomer bust option here. Um, I do like Sam Burns. I I also would have taken Sam Burns if, if... if that was, if I was the one clicking the button there, I guess. But um, I also like Matt Fitzpatrick a little bit. Um, nobody's going to want to play him this week from what we've seen recently. And I understand that, but he kind of has this, this trajectory inside my model that I, I really like where the upside is there. The downside is obviously pronounced from what we've seen recently, but the metrics look fine in a lot of ways that I ran this like, we always think of Fitzpatrick and it's always what everybody says of when he's competed before he's good on difficult scoring courses. Now 
if the game is so off, then maybe he finds problems here. But inside the top five of my model on hard courses, inside the top 15 for courses with this thick rough and this fast and firm conditions, I kind of think there's a lot to like about him with the scrambling that he presents here. So um, I would not be letting him go past like an ADP of 30 if I was drafting. So yeah, for me, it would be Fitzpatrick, Burns, Keegan, and then fade candidate wise, I don't have anybody that I am. I mean, now we're starting to get into a range here where most of these players are like the last or the second to last man that's going to be <laughs> into your build here. So it's hard to say that I'm massively out on any of these players. I'm lower than consensus on Adam Shank. I'm lower than consensus on Sepp Straka, who would be below. I guess technically he wasn't in this range. You know who's Everybody... getting a ton of ownership is Svensson. I know his yeah. game's in a really good spot right now. I, th- I think I'm going to fade that. I'd Again, I'd rather, I'm going to trust Lee, or not Lee Hodges, Harris English for right around the same price. Yeah, I, I agree. When we move down, I, I am also lower on Svensson there. Um yeah, I, I don't I don't know if there's anybody else to necessarily talk about. Like, obviously, I'm lower on Harmon than consensus would be. But I, I also don't think that his ADP is out- outrageous at 26. Like, I mean, like, that's more or less where he should be going off the board. So uh, not going to get there. Would still rather play guys like Bradley Burns and Fitzpatrick, which is why I'll never end up with him in a lineup. But I uh, don't necessarily have a massive problem with him. But uh do you want to keep moving this down? I mean, what do we have? Another 15 no. players or so? <laughs> I'm good. I think no. I think people get it. But what are... Uh... Well, let, let me ask you this, I guess. Is there anybody past Sepp Straka? I mean, obviously you talked about Thagala. Is there anybody that you like past that point? Chris Kirk is interesting to me. I think he's going to be a popular choice, though, for, for many. So I don't know if I'll get there. Why can't I? Find a in the salary format. Where is he at? Yeah, I mean he's going to be pretty popular. But I like Chris Kirk. I always like Chris Kirk though, so I'm playing favorites when it gets down to this point. I don't think I'm into the Grillo thing. JT, I mean, posting he could kind of score the way Harmon did, just light it up with a flat stick. His putter is always hot. Denny, I kind of like the buy low on Denny a little bit. What are your thoughts on Brendan Todd? Does have the like success him. in 2020? Yeah. Definitely a guy that is not going to overpower this course by any means but that's kind of where i'm at in terms of guys at like the fedex cup like right there at 31 and 32 are the guys that i care the most about i think this week is Tigala and justin rose i think justin rose has a better chance of making it into the tour championship than Tigala does Tigala is just so volatile but again i do think this is a course that he could score at i believe he was pretty good at the u.s open too wasn't he Tigala? yeah t27 so i don't know i think that it's not a birdie fest like i don't want to say last week because a birdie fest has a pretty tough course but who who else are you looking for outside the fedex cup standings that makes a run here like Fitz, you touched on him certainly has the upside to do it cameron young needs to go hard and so does Hideki. i think you know guys like hogue rogers probably harris english too cam davis i think the run may be over post and cole i think those guys are probably all done svenson as well didn't mind Hadwin. I think Hadwin's kind of a, a sneaky play for the course. He's a just overall good golfer. Uh, we're obviously going to have people that will make it. I What did we have last week? Cam Davis got in from technically outside the top 50. Hideki. Um, Hideki got in. 
Rogers, I believe, did as well. Uh, so three three names, give or take. Yeah, to my knowledge, I don't have that in front of me, but I think Rogers was outside looking in. So I mean, we're probably looking at a spot here, and I have not run numbers for this. This is just me spitballing based off of what happened last week. I mean, we're probably in another spot that one, two, or three probably gets in from outside and propels themselves into the top thirty. Would you agree with that? Yes. So based off of that answer, I would say Justin Rose probably has the best shot. Yep, I would agree. I, I guess it would probably be, I mean, like as as lame of an answer as this is, this is kind of how my model season in a lot of ways also. Um, I think Fitzpatrick would be the one guy lower down this board. I mean, maybe you can make it an argument for Hideki and Cam Young if they put together a big enough performance here. So those three, if we're talking about outside the top 40, but for the most part, I, I kind of think everybody else is going to have struggles past the Tagala, Rose, Kitayama, Denny McCarthy. That's 31, 32, 33, 34. I could see any of those guys producing a good enough finish to jump. You know, the Sam Burns, Chris Kirk, Sung J.M. Like, there's enough players there that could fall a little bit. Um, I think from underdog perspective, I'm okay considering Kitayama and his boomer bust nature. I think yeah. McCarthy makes sense for, I know the ball striking is not where we want it, but he's fine. Rose for all the reasons the Gala makes sense. But um, I mean, it's kind of those four players plus the, the other three that I talked about of Cam Young, Hideki and Fitzpatrick, which is very standard answers that you would expect from everybody. But um, I kind of think it is what we see here. I'd be very shocked if some of these players produced a good enough finish. Like, Adam Svensson and those guys, like, I just don't think they get themselves into the next step. I mean, anything can happen. There's only 50 players here, but uh, that's kind of where I'm at, which would mean that most of those names are the guys that I am trying to find value on in underdog. Also, I will add Brendan Todd to that mix. I obviously mentioned that I like Eric Cole a little bit, but I mean, past that, I am pretty much out on any other person that we could talk about that has not been named yet. All right. I'm with it. Um, in terms of low ownership guys that are just going to go under the radar this week for me to recap, I think my favorites are going to be Ricky Fowler. I don't think I'm going to get there on Wyndham Clark. I don't think I'm going to get there on day. Cameron Young, Tony Finau, Justin Rose, and Harris English. This is for, this is an underdog answer for everything. Everything. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, Day to me is one of the best values on the board just because I think that, and we'll see if this number in any capacity of it moves in the opposite direction. Obviously, we can have a different conversation about this. I just don't think anybody's going to want to back him. That intrigues me. I, I like Fitzpatrick. I like Fleetwood. Now, Fleetwood for salary caps, a different answer there. He's going to be super popular, but I do think for underdog, there is value there in the ADP of where he's going off the board, but yeah, I mean, it goes back to all the same names that we have talked about. And the only difference that I would throw into the mix with you is I do like Sam Burns a little bit this week. All right. All right. Well, I will leave it at that. Um, again, just quick reminder for underdog must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska must be present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms do apply. Consider with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org in Arizona. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. 
That is 1-800-639-8783 or text next step to 53342 in New York. Call the 24-7 Hope Line at 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Tennessee, call or, sec- call or text, don't sext, the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. Spencer, any final thoughts? Um, other than that, thanks to Jay Delsing again last week yeah. for hopping on and calling a 90-to-1 outright in Lucas Glover. Good luck to everybody this week, and thanks again for the support. And look out for a draft. We'll probably do – when do you want to do a draft? you want to do one – Thursday for round one, round two. What are you looking at? I got a wedding Saturday, so that'll be tough, but whatever works for you on that, whatever is the most natural fit there. The only yeah. ask I Let's would try to have do opening is, and closing. Well, the only ask I would have is uh, that we, we, we draft Jason day. Fine. As long as the listeners don't snake him, you know, snake him from us. Cause uh, I'll probably wait on him for a while, but all right, we'll try to do in round one and then try to get one on Sunday for the final round. But thanks again, guys. Yeah, you can find Nick on Twitter at StixPicks. I am at Tee Sports. And as always, if you have any questions about the week, please feel free to reach out to us at one of those handles. As I said in the beginning, use the code BGP to get a $100 match bonus and enter a pool against us to compete for real cash. Each tournament will have an added bonus to the prize pool, meaning that it's going to translate into being one of the better ROI spots on the board. Don't miss out on the fun, and we look forward to seeing you guys in the drafts with us this week.